Amen. We are forgiven. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat. And um, we're, again, excited. This is the main day, the day that it's all about, that Christ has risen. Our entire faith hinges on this day. And um, I know we're outside, and it could be a little bit warm. And if need be, go ahead and, you know, adjust yourself to get a little bit of shade if, if you need to. And also we have waters right in the back. We want to make sure everyone stays okay and stays healthy on this day. And um, yeah, we're going to now go ahead and transition into our time of the Word of God. Vamos a abrir la Palabra de Dios. And that's also in your booklet. If you just turn toward the back, you will have the verses that we will be on today. And they are from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Vamos a estar en el libro de Lucas, capítulo 24. Luke 24, beginning at verse 1. And all the sections are there. We're going to have one opening section and then another section as well. But it's all there in your booklet. And you can follow along there or follow along in your Bibles as well. Luke chapter 24, the resurrection passage. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for us. And then we'll pray and jump into God's word this morning. Luke 24, beginning at verse 1. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Verse 6, He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. They told all, all these things to the eleven, it says in the passage continuing here and the others that were with them they told this to the apostles as well verse 11 but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense peter however got up and ran to the tomb bending over he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened and then down to verses 33 to 34. It's also there in your booklet. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Almighty God, we believe 
that you are the risen Lord. You are the Lord of light. This morning, Lord, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate a new day. So I pray that that would be the case for every single one of us here, Lord. Whatever has happened has happened. Whatever the past is is the past. But today, Lord, is an invitation to a new day and a new season. Today is your invitation to a new beginning. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, that we may know something new of you and of ourselves and of this reality, this resurrection reality that you've invited us into. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So once again, we want to welcome everyone on this Easter Sunday and just a little bit about this church community. The name of this church is Imago Church, and Imago means that we're created in the image of God. And God has really formed this community and gathered us for the following reason, that together as a church community, we would be a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships that our identity is in the image of God and our purpose is in the image of Christ. So we're so grateful to know you, to welcome you, and we look forward to continuing on this journey with you, on your spiritual journey, on your journey with God. We're grateful to navigate that with you and accompany you as a community. Today, what gathers us is Easter. Easter is this amazing event of resurrection. This event reminds us that sometimes this life, this reality can sometimes be even stranger than fiction. Who's ever had a moment like that when you've gone through something and you think to yourself, we can't make this stuff up. Sometimes reality is stranger than fiction. If you're anything like me, 2020 and the beginning of 2021 in many ways has proven this point, that reality at times can be even stranger than fiction. You know, I, I, I can sometimes think of, um, of many occasions that I've experienced something similar. Maybe you have as well. And in many ways, in the years to come, I do wholeheartedly, be do wholeheartedly believe that we will be asking ourselves a similar question to what the apostles and the first witnesses were asking themselves on the first Easter. We'll be asking this similar question about the year 2020 and the beginning of 21. We'll be asking ourselves, what just happened? What was all of that about? where we had to really give up, readjust, give up what we thought was normal, enter into a new kind of normal, and navigate that all together with the grief, with the pain, with the hope, with the grace, with all of that included. I'm sure that we're going to be asking ourselves that similar question that Peter asked himself here in the Gospel of Luke, in verse 24, when he sees the linens that are empty, he asks himself, the scripture here says that he went, in, he went away asking himself, wondering what just happened. What was that all about? Since in fact, reality is often stranger than fiction. And the truth is that when we actually pay attention 
to what's going on around us, to what God is doing in our lives or in the lives of the people around us. The truth is this, that when we pay attention, we will encounter many of these what just happened moments, what just happened type of experiences where we don't know the explanation, we don't know the reason, we don't know why exactly it occurred the way it did, but it did, and God is at work in our lives through it. You know, I've had several moments of these in my life. I've had some near-death experiences, and I've also had some dangerous experiences in my life where I, I thought to myself, wow, this could be it. But God kept me. God saved me for a purpose. I've had others that other experiences that, you know, just seemed coincidental. But when I really pay attention, when I think about it, I know that there's something deeper actually going on. These things that when you realize these holy moments, don't just brush them off as coincidence. Sometimes they're actually what are called divine appointments, where God ordains everything in a particular way so that you have that divine appointment with that person, with that circumstance, with Jesus himself. You know, I think about myself. God has given me several moments like this throughout my life. I remember once being on an airplane, heading to a, another country that I had never been to before. It was my first time ever going to East Africa. Some of you that know my family, Charlotte and I, we have family, friends, and ministry out in that part of the world. And I remember one of those times, the first time I was ever going over there, I sat with, with someone on a plane, with a stranger on a plane. And I was sitting next to this young man, this individual, and the whole plane ride. And it was actually from, again, a country neither one of us were from. We, we were going from England to Kenya. And I remember this individual, and he was very nervous. He was just there, you can tell he was panicking just in, in, the, in, in, his, in his seat, and he was actively nervous. And as I looked over to him, I uh, just saw that he was stressed and anxious and even, you know, just talking to himself. Then he and I, in that moment, had a very long conversation about faith and about his relationship with God. And then I even said a silent prayer for him then and there. And I thought to myself, well, you know, that was great. But God, if there's ever any need for any connection with this young man, would you give that to him in some way? After saying that silent prayer, I thought that that was that. And then I kid you not, weeks later, on a Sunday, on a church service that I went to, I went to this, this church that wasn't super popular, but I sat up on the balcony. And moments after that, I was up there, and the same young man, this stranger on the plane, walks in. He walks in to the church. He sits up in the balcony, and he sits in the exact same row as I do. And in that moment, I thought to myself, what's this about? What's going on here? Me and this man <laughs> only met once, and now we're meeting in a completely different country, unscheduled What's God up to here? And as he sat on that same row, we thought we'd never see each other again. But when we made eye contact, he looked at me and his eyes just widened. Like he couldn't believe it. 
<laughs> it's almost as if mouth was about to drop. And we had this, this brief exchange when we, we made eye contact and his eyes widened wondering, is it really you? And I just nodded. Yeah, it's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm the stranger on the plane. And I just nodded my head in confirmation that I was the person that he knew from the airplane. And after that brief exchange, we both just paid attention to the church service, but we were both left with this feeling asking ourselves, what just happened? What was that about? I choose to believe that that was God confirming to that young man that he is loved and cared for and that he will never leave him. How about for you? What's been a holy moment that you've experienced before? A holy moment that you just can't brush off as a coincidence, but a divine appointment. I think something similar happens during Easter. While some of us are asking what just happened in the resurrection, we use some of these big words that we don't often use, like the cross, like resurrection. Again, not typical words that we use every single day. And we hear about this big stone that was rolled away over the graveyard and that the people, the first witnesses, were in complete astonishment of what had happened. We read in the text that these two women, the first witnesses, they went to the graveyard and they found that Jesus was no longer there. He was dead, but he is now alive. Over the years, I've had the honor of officiating funerals. That's part of the, the work and the burden of being a minister, of being a pastor. And over this last year, I had the honor of being asked to take part in co-officiating a, a COVID funeral, which was unique and different. And in order to understand the weight of Easter, you need to think, ask yourself this question. How would you feel if you saw someone that you knew had died and you saw this same person just walking around and speaking to you in the flesh, in their real voice, in their real body to explain how the women felt. They felt a sense of shock and awe, of surprise and awe. It would be as if today you saw one of your old friends whose funeral you had attended and you saw this old friend just simply walking around and saying, Hi. In fact, according to the Gospels, specifically in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus comes back from the dead, he does not even offer a formal greeting to the apostles, to the women, to the first witnesses. So translated, the first greeting that Jesus would have ever given to his, his uh, apostles, to the first witnesses, was simply the phrase, Hi. Just imagine that. Again, you'd probably be asking yourself if you saw this, someone that you knew had died and had come back and was saying, Hi. You'd ask yourself, what just happened? What is this about? It's not just coincidence. That's the weight of Easter. 
it would seem completely unbelievable. Yet this is the reality of Easter. This is the claim of Easter. That's what gathers us today. That's what's gathered the people of God throughout the centuries. It is this announcement that says, He is risen. Amen. He is risen. In the Gospels and in the Gospel of Luke, it concludes with this proclamation of the resurrection. And this resurrection proclamation is actually a new invitation, a surprising, shocking new invitation into a new reality that summarizes it in this way. And I'm going to be saying this phrase a lot today. The resurrection is an invitation to a new reality that reminds us that the worst things will not be the last things. The struggle over the loss of life, which we experience deeply as a nation and a world in 2020, the loss of livelihood and deep economic loss for so many, so many challenges there. Easter, what gathers us here today, the hope of the resurrection reminds us that even those worst things will not be the last things. Those worst things will not have the final word on your life. There is hope. That's the weight of Easter. Somebody died, and that same somebody rose again. La esperanza de la resurrección es que lo peor no será lo último. Now, Easter, we contain it sometimes, right? We contain it with an annual holiday where nobody gets too astonished or too afraid of the implications of Easter. But when you think about it, Easter is actually a little bit scary. It can almost be a script out of a, out of a scary movie or horror movie, right? Someone died and then rose again. I mean, jokingly, um, a comedian by the name of Scott Ackerman, he once was kind of, you know, playing dumb and and uh, and going along with the joke and uh, asking someone what Easter meant. And, um, and then when someone explained, uh, well, it means that someone died and rose again, the comedian simply said, oh, like a zombie. So, like, Jesus is, is like the original zombie, right? Said Scott Ackerman. He died, he came back from the dead. And, you know, when I hear that, I'm like, well, no, not really. Um, <laughs> as a pastor, I kind of want to defend that and argue that at times. But when I think about it, I have to agree a little bit and say, yes, actually, technically, you're right. He was the first zombie, except for, you know, the stumbling around and trying to eat brains and all of that. But all of that aside, joking aside, he came, he resurrected, he was made new. He was the first in the new creation, in the new thing, in the new order that God was establishing here on earth. Easter is not just meant to be a private event, but Easter is a public event. And as Brother Francis prayed, Easter is not just one day out of the year, but Easter is a call to a new life. Our entire faith for those of us that follow Jesus, for those of us that hold to the Christian faith, our entire faith hinges on this event. It is sustained by this one event of the resurrection that Jesus died and rose again. 
This is the only faith in the whole world that puts all of its weight down on one claim and one event of the resurrection. Like the women, like the disciples, like the first witnesses in this story, sometimes we want to distract ourselves from the story of resurrection because maybe, maybe we're afraid like they were. Maybe we're afraid that this might be true. Because maybe if this is true, that Jesus really died and really rose again, and you may think to yourself, wait, but that's not how things are supposed to work. Now, if that's true, then that reshapes and redefines our entire view of reality. If the resurrection is true, then everything changes. If the resurrection is true, then that impacts our understanding of life, of relationships, of reality. People didn't even know what to do with this news when they first heard it. But all they did was just pass it on. They passed on this news simply because it was true. And in fact, the early, earliest witnesses, they know then what we know today, that dead people are meant to stay dead. That's why the discovery of Easter morning was so shocking and astonishing and even scary to some of the first witnesses. The resurrection is the miracle and the power of God. The resurrection is the surprise of God. And God surprises this. Surprise, the impossible is now possible through the power of the resurrection. If Jesus is raised from the dead, the scripture accounts for it, and there were eyewitnesses, then that means everything changes. There is a new power that is let loose in the world. On Good Friday, just a couple of days ago, we talked about how when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was torn. Yes, that means that now we as people, we have access to God. But in light of Easter morning, the veil being torn, that also reminds us that God is not simply contained. He has been let loose out into the world. Will we find him? Will we look for him? Will we go beyond coincidence and consider divine appointment? A power greater than all the powers in this world is now here with us, a resurrection power a power that will save and restore all of the human race and all of creation, a new power that is even greater than death. On Easter morning, Jesus redefines reality. Through the resurrection, we see the power and the promises of God all fulfilled, a new power that will redeem, restore, and resurrect. You know, this word resurrection, we can use it and think that it's just a, a churchy word or a, uh, you know, once a year Easter word. But it's not just a religious word. Resurrection actually has a definition. It simply means this. Resurrection is the state of one rising from the dead. Someone died and they came back once again. That's the definition of resurrection. And that's exactly what happened on that first Easter morning, 
There's been misguided attempts in the past to try to say, well, no, this was just a spiritual resurrection, or maybe it was just an emotional resurrection. No, what the Bible is claiming and what we believe to be true is that resurrection means resurrection, that he had died and he rose again. And since that tr that's true, everything changes some of you may be thinking, wait a minute, Pastor Carlos, so you, Imago Church, you actually believe this. You actually believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead. To which we joyfully respond, yes. Yes, we do. We believe that he resurrected once again, to which one may think, but that's impossible. And if you think to yourself that, then... The response is this. Yes, that's the point. That it's impossible. The good news, the good news of resurrection, the good news of Easter is that the impossible is now possible. These earliest witnesses, these apostles, these women that were at the tomb, they literally witnessed that impossible reality and they were surprised. Now, I don't know about you, but who here likes surprises? When I was a child, I loved surprises. As I've become older and older, I, I like them a little bit less. You know, I have a, a couple gray hairs here, and my, my bet, who wants to place the bet by next Easter? I'm going to have the whole sides gray here. Those are all the surprises in my life in 2020. With children, with family, friends, faith, all of that, right? But I remember once, several years ago, my friend Jonathan surprised me. Easter is God's surprise to us. He's one of my best friends. He's a pastor actually over in Chicago. And several years ago when he and I were serving together, um, at one point he asked me to catch up. And he's one of my closest friends. And I had just come back from this long trip. I didn't really want to be about around crowds or people. And I just wanted to hang out with my friend one-on-one. -on -one. And then uh, at one point, we walk into this room, and suddenly there are 30, 40 people just staring at me and shouting, surprise! And it wasn't even my birthday. I thought, how cool is that? Well, I was pretty shocked at the time. I didn't receive that surprise so well. I was, like, pretty taken aback. I didn't even know what to do. I didn't even say thank you. I was just kind of standing there. But... Easter is God's way of surprising us. The resurrection, the tomb being empty on Easter morning is God looking to the entire world and saying, surprise, the impossible is now possible. Now with that surprise, with any surprise, we have choices to make, right? We can either receive the surprise and receive it as joyful, or we can ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. Resurrection does not mean just a nice, hope-filled memory or a moment of silence. That wouldn't have caused the whole world to turn upside down because of this event. The earliest witnesses, they were left with no choice but to accept the unexpected. The Jesus whom they loved was somehow inexplicably, he was alive. 
and this impossible reality is now the new reality. Christ would stand the test of time. Over 2,000 years ago, this happened. That's why it's still relevant, and we're celebrating it here today in 2021. This new thing that God has done. You know, as one of my favorite writers, C.S. Lewis, once says it, the only real reason to believe that the gospel is true, the only real reason to believe that the resurrection is true, is simply because it's true. Not because we're trying to convince you of something or trying to pull a fast one, but the only reason to believe the gospel is true is because it's true. Faith is the acceptance of the reality of what God has done for all humankind in the person and work of Jesus. Easter is meant to be God's surprise. In the story of the resurrection, it doesn't seem like an ending because it's not an ending. The resurrection is actually a shocking new beginning. In fact, the story is not over, but it's just starting. The new story, which teaches us to expect the unexpected because the impossible is now possible. That's God's new reality on Easter morning. And each one of us is invited into that new precious truth. The hope of the resurrection is this. The fact that we could name the worst things about life. We could name the worst things about this past year of 2020, beginning of 2021. We could name the worst things. We could name the pandemic. We could name 2020. We could name the politics. We could name the injustices. We could name the disagreements, the divisions the challenges even locally in our county, in our city, in our valley, the challenges in our country, in our world. Or we don't even have to go that far. We could name the personal challenges that we've all been navigating through in this last year and maybe even before that. We can name all of those things that feel like dead ends in our lives. The griefs that we've encountered, those thoughts that keep us up at night, those thoughts that have told us so many times, sometimes in our own anxiety, sometimes in our worst nightmares, we've heard those thoughts, we've heard those voices telling us that this is the end. This is all there is. But the good news of Easter morning is the precious and beautiful reminder to us all that the hope of the resurrection means that the worst case scenario, the worst nightmare coming true, that is not the last thing. That will not have the final word on your life. Again, we can name it, but the good news of Easter is that those worst things we name will never have a claim on our lives. They will never have the final word. 2020, COVID-19, injustices, divisions, all of those things trying to convince us that it's all over. Even those things will not have the final word on your story or on my story or on our story because he lives 
Because Jesus is alive, that means that you are alive. Because Jesus is victorious, that means that when we place our hope and trust in him, we too will be victorious. Because Jesus has a future, that means you have a future. Because Jesus rose again into eternity, that means that for all who place their faith and trust in him, they too will have a future. Because Jesus died and rose again, that means that when our time comes, we're all going to have our moment when we pass away. But the hope of the Easter, the hope of the resurrection is that when that time comes for us, we will rest in peace and rise in glory. The worst things will not be the last things. And even for all of us that think of those that have passed away, those that we have loved in this last year that have passed away either due to the pandemic or other reasons, Easter means that there is hope. There is hope for eternity. For all the dearly departed, we can trust in this, that God will be God. God will be God to all of our loved ones who have passed away. God will be God, and God is good. He can be trusted. The gospel reminds us that there is someone who has spoken on our behalf. Someone who has the final word. God in Jesus Christ found a way to break in and offer hope amidst what felt like a hopeless circumstance. Who here in this last year at some point in your life has felt like you've been in a hopeless circumstance before? I know that I have. Easter means that there is hope, that there's something beyond that. That's God inviting us into a new reality. Will we accept it, God's joyful surprise, or will we simply ignore it? One of my favorite writers by the name of Frederick Buechner he came up with that phrase that the worst things are not the last things. So when someone asks you, what's Easter all about? What's the definition of Easter? You can respond with that. Easter means that because of the resurrection, even the worst things will not be the last things. Even the worst things, even death, even suffering, even heartbreak, even disappointment, even tragedy, all of those things, so many we can name, but they will not have the claim on our lives. They will not be the last things. Because Jesus is alive, we are made alive for identity and purpose through new life and new creation. On the first Easter morning, when the stone was rolled away, Jesus stepped out from death into new life. Today, this morning, will you take that same step? Out of death into life. Today is a new beginning. May we follow Jesus on the road.
toward rebuilding a new reality through the power of the resurrection. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We're grateful, God. Because there are so many things that we can name right now when we get raw and real with you, Lord. So many things that want to claim the final word on our lives. The pressure, the anxiety, the emotions, the challenges, all of those things that are, are part of reality, but they're not ultimate reality, Lord. They will not claim the end. Today, Lord, we gather around this miracle. We gather around this happy day, Lord, where you washed our sins away. And Lord God, I just pray that no matter where we are today, may we know that we're here for a reason. This is a divine appointment, not a coincidence. That same Jesus that rose from the dead is inviting you to take that step out of death into life. Out of darkness into resurrection. And the good news is this, no matter where you are, no matter how you feel, whether you feel close to God or far from God, he never runs away from you. Out of the grave, he stepped out and he continues to step toward you. Would you step back toward him? Trust him. You can pray to yourself this Easter morning, Jesus, I, I trust you more than I trust in myself, more than I trust in my circumstances. I trust in you. I trust in your resurrection power and your resurrection promise that proclaims that because you live, I will also live. The worst things will not be the last things and they will not have the final word. Thank you, God, that because of your cross, because of your resurrection, our story continues. Your story continues, Lord. This is not the end, but because of this living hope, it is a new beginning. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this, God. Continue to shape and do your work in and through us as a church family and community, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you, God, for your cross, and thank you, Lord, for the miracle and the joyful surprise of Easter, of Resurrection Sunday. We give you glory, God, and we give you praise on this happy day. In Jesus' name, amen.